0: Just go to Indeed.com slash wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply.
1: Need to hire? You need Indeed. More blue chip talent, more blue chip recruits are locking in trips to Oregon, and we're going to talk about it on today's episode, the Duck's Dish podcast. And we're back like we never left. Oregon fans, what's going on? How we living? Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Ducks Dish Podcast. Just in case you're new here, I'm your host, Max Torres, publisher and lead editor of Ducks Digest, covering the Oregon Ducks over on Fan Nation, part of the Sports Illustrated Network. It is Monday, February the 26th, 2024. Coming to you from Long Beach, California. Um, Really excited to have you guys along for a jam-packed episode of the show. Plenty of recruiting talk. uh, Just to lay out today's episode a little bit, we're going to talk about a big-time visitor expected on campus in Eugene in the coming weeks. Going to talk about my latest prediction for Oregon football recruiting in the 2025 class, a five-star update. On, the, on a big target in 2026 that just got offered by Oregon that I was able to interview and then hey we'll hit a couple of mailbag questions from those of you guys that asked them on YouTube, my YouTube channel at Oregon Football Max Taurus you can always comment, let me know what you're thinking about um, let me know what you're thinking about Oregon football Oregon football recruiting or just uh, ask a question to maybe be featured on a future episode of the podcast so If that sounds good to you guys, make sure to hit that like button, subscribe to the channel, and uh, just sit back, relax, and enjoy this latest episode talking some Duck football recruiting. Maybe you're on your way to work, maybe you're coming home from work, you're at the gym, uh, or you're just kicking back at home looking to talk some ball, talk some recruiting. So uh, happy to have you guys along, and uh, let's, let's get right into it. So our first topic of today's episode, a big time target for Oregon in the 2025 class, is going to be taking the trip out to Eugene in just a couple of weeks. We are talking about four-star, sorry, five-star linebacker/slash safety Jonah Williams out of Ball High School in Galveston, Texas. Uh, He's viewed by some as a linebacker, some as a safety, but he is the one that we're talking about on this portion of the podcast. According to a report from On3's Sam Spiegelman, five-star linebacker Jonah Williams will visit Oregon on March 17th. And if you're looking at defensive targets, linebacker, or safety, I think Oregon looks at him as a linebacker. He's listed at 6'3 and 203 pounds. Uh, there's not a whole lot of targets that are uh, bigger for the Ducks here in the 2025 recruiting class. And Williams is as big of a visitor as we've seen come through Oregon in just the recent uh, month or so. If you're looking at his rankings, he's ranked the number 14 player on the 247 Sports Composite. That's the overall in the country. A number two linebacker and the number three recruit out of the state of Texas. Like I mentioned, a five-star recruit, 0.9920, according to the 247 Sports Composite. And it looks like Oregon might have a little bit of work to do in this recruitment, seeing that uh, Oklahoma is the current crystal ball favorite, according to Steve Woltfong, uh, the 247 Sports Director of Recruiting, and then Mike Roach, who is a Texas regional analyst for two, four seven has also placed a crystal ball in favor of Brent Venables and the Oklahoma Sooners. Both of those picks came in February earlier this month. So it looks like Oklahoma has the momentum here, but Oregon's got a shot. They got a real shot. I think with Williams seeing that he is an elite defensive prospect, Dan Lanning is a defensive minded head coach and Jonah Williams was in Eugene, I want to say, for the USC game back in November. I think that was his latest trip, so super important for him to get back on campus and get some more time with Dan Lanning, Tosh Lapoy, and uh, maybe Chris Hampton or Brian Michalowski, uh, depending on what position the Ducks look at him at. I need to do a little bit of digging to uh, kind of shore that one up, but I'm thinking that he's probably a linebacker in Oregon system. We will just have to see and continue to see how this one plays out. Was able to get an interview for Jonah um, Williams recently, somewhat recently. It was in November, but before that trip, um, uh, let's see, let's see here what we have. So, just looking at my story over on Ducks Digest, um, he was in Eugene for the 42 to six win over Colorado. Uh, And then now it looks like he has Oregon in his top 12 schools. Uh, And man, there are just so many top, top schools in there. You got Oklahoma, Alabama, Texas A&M, Ohio state, and some others, but Oregon is firmly in the mix there. But when I was talking to him, He said that there were a number of schools that he's hearing from on a daily basis, and he talked about Texas A&M, Oklahoma, and Ohio State, uh, in addition to Oregon, as uh, additional schools that he is hearing from every single day. And before that last trip out to Oregon, he said that um, he really wanted to get out to Oregon um, just because of the atmosphere, the facilities, the coaching, the players, everything was, was awesome. And the coaching staff in Eugene, highlighted by safeties coach Chris Hampton and assistant director of player personnel, Brian Bachman, have been consistent in their approach with Williams saying, quote, the relationships are very, very strong with the Oregon staff. They talk to me every day. They're always trying to build a special bond. Williams continued on talking about Oregon saying, quote, I wanted to take this visit because my first visit was so ama- was just amazing. And both my parents really love Eugene. So they wanted to go back up there one last time before the season's over. So Jordan Williams is absolutely a name that you got to watch for Oregon here in the 2025 recruiting class, especially out of the state of Texas. The Ducks are going to be players for a lot of top talent from the Lone Star State. We know that they love to recruit the state of Texas. Only signed Aaron Flowers, the All-American safety out of Texas in this last class. Uh, But if you're just looking at other linebackers that the Ducks are looking at here in the 2025 class. Uh, you also have Eric Winters out of the state of Alabama. He's a four-star guy. I told you guys about a little while ago. I want to say I saw some buzz about 2025 Georgia linebacker commit Jaden Perlot out of a Buford, Georgia, uh, potentially coming out to visit Oregon coming out West in uh, the spring. You also have Zadris rainy sale, The Washington-based linebacker, Madden Faramo, out of J. Sarah Catholic, San Juan Capistrano, here in Southern California. He put Oregon in his top four schools last week. And then how can we not mention Nasir Wyatt, uh, who is listed as a linebacker, but maybe more of an edge guy. uh, Super, super high-profile recruit out of Santa Ana, Modern Day. But that's my little update for Oregon on Jonah Williams, seeing that it looks like he's going to be coming back to Eugene before too long. So keep an eye out on Jonah Williams. I think even though Oklahoma has a lot of momentum there, wouldn't be surprised if Oregon was able to shake things up and uh, maybe make some movement, pick up some ground, gain some ground following that uh, mid-March trip coming up. Taking a little sip of some coffee here on a Monday afternoon. Not sure how you guys feel about afternoon coffee, but I'm a guy personally that can drink coffee at just about any time of day. Uh, unfortunately, it doesn't really mess up my sleep schedule. So there's that. I'm grateful for that. But let, let's keep it rolling here with our next guy on the Ducks Dish podcast. Let's get into my latest prediction for Oregon football in the 2025 recruiting class. Uh yesterday on Sunday, I made a prediction for Oregon to land 2025 Pittsburgh, California safety Jaden Hudson. And I know I'm not the first one to make this pick, but uh I get did talk to one of my sources close to this recruitment. Uh, over the weekend. And, you know, after getting some intel, I think I am ready to hop on board here and put my prediction down for Oregon to land Jaden Hudson. And I really don't think this is that complicated of a pick in terms of just the reasoning behind it. Oregon has consistently been a player for the top talent, top defensive talent in particular, Over the past couple of cycles, you're talking about your Elijah Rushings, uh, your Dylan Williams, your Aiden Brelands, your Braden Platts, if you want to go up north to to Washington. Oregon's done a really, really good job. Jericho Johnson, a top defensive lineman out of Northern California, Fairfield, Armio, all these guys, the list goes on and on of top NorCal guys that have made their way, top California, top West Coast guys, I should say that have made their way to Eugene and gone to Eugene and had a a lot of success. Uh, Aaron flowers is the, the talk of the safety acquisitions now from the 2024 class out of, uh, out of Forney, Texas got to see him at the Adidas all American bowl in San Antonio earlier this year. And he looks like he's going to be a stud, maybe even a guy that contributes early for the ducks. And then you also have Kingston Lopa out of Sacramento, Northern California, grant union, And he's kind of an intriguing prospect, six foot, 590 pounds. They kind of look at him as a safety hybrid type of deal, a guy who can do a lot of things. So just the geographical footprint that Oregon has really operated in recently, I think that Hudson fits that mold. He fits the mold of kind of the safeties that we've seen come to Oregon in recent years. You know, maybe not the fastest guy out there, but he's definitely got some good speed, some long speed, can cover a tremendous amount of ground. Uh, operating in that back end, and uh, he's constantly in the right place at the right time. You look at his production over at Pittsburgh, definitely a guy who has some really strong coverage ability, breaking up passes or, or hauling in interceptions. Another reason I think Oregon makes a lot of sense here, just look at the staff, right? You have to look at the relationships. You have to look at the connections, where the pipeline areas come from. I already talked about how Oregon has recruited the West Coast and California, even Northern California in particular, really, really well. And Tosh Lapoy played his high school football at De La Salle out there in Concord where the Ducks got Matthew Johnson in the East Bay. And here we have another top East Bay prospect, Jaden Hudson, probably going to be squarely in the mix for one of the top players in Northern California, if if not the Bay Area. I know Folsom quarterback Ryder, Ryder Lyons is a huge name. In Northern California as well, but Jaden Hudson's a, a really talented guy that I think Oregon makes a lot of sense for. So we're talked about Tosh Lapoy already. And then you also have to look at the family connections. I think that's a huge part of, of what makes Oregon a contender here. His cousin, Eric Dargan, also played at Pittsburgh. And as we know, Eric Dargan went on to play his college football at Oregon from I want to say 2010 to 2014. So Oregon's been on Jaden Hudson's mind for a while. He saw his cousin have some success at Oregon. Another East Bay guy, Javon Holland out of Bishop O'Dowd in in Oakland. He went to Oregon and was a top safety. And now he's one of the very best safeties in the NFL. So Oregon's going to have that NFL development, that NFL pipeline to lean on here in their recruiting pitch for a guy like Jaden Hudson in particular. So I think it just makes a lot of sense. You also saw Jerry Mixon as a top 2023 guy in the Bay area out of San Francisco, Sacred Heart Cathedral. He also committed to Oregon and he's there now working in that linebacker room, trying to carve out a role for himself. So we'll see what happens with Jaden Hudson. He hasn't released a uh, decision timeline or a commitment date that I'm aware of, but um, I've seen enough to really hop on board here. And the reasoning just makes a ton of sense to pick Oregon for Jaden Hudson Now for you guys, just to keep you up to date, Oregon's 2025 class currently ranks number 12 nationally uh, headlined by um, let's see here. Sorry. My page didn't load super fast, but I want to say they are number 12 nationally, according to two four seven sports. I'm just pulling the page up now. 12 nationally headlined by Tampa Bay wide receiver, Dallas Wilson. And you also have Achilles Smith Jr. at quarterback, the Duck Legacy, and then Adrian Wilson, a wide receiver out of the state of Texas as well. So there is just so much talent already in this class. And I think that Jaden Hudson could be the next DB that we maybe see hop in the fold. Important for Oregon to address the safety spot, seeing that you're going to lose guys like Kobe Savage and Tysheem Johnson uh, as you look ahead to 2025, following the 2024 season. Uh, and then we'll see... What happens with Brandon Johnson, who's going to be a nickel for the Ducks, comes over from Duke, and he only has one year of eligibility remaining. So you have some good players that have come in, but you got to look at the 24 season as well as beyond. And I think that safety is going to continue to be a major position of need for the Ducks here in 2025.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC.
1: Let's hop now into a 2026 recruiting update for the Ducks. Uh, not a whole lot's going on in 2026 for Oregon right now, uh, as far as recruiting goes, but they are sending out some offers, you know, going to see guys. And this one definitely caught my eye. Let's talk about 2026 Cornelius, North Carolina cornerback, Samari Matthews. He attends William Amos Hugh High School. He's listed at six foot, 180 pounds, and he is a five star on the 247 sports composite. Rated a 0.9843, the number 32 player nationally, the number four cornerback, and the number three prospect in North Carolina. He is closing in on 33 0. Reported scholarship offers right now has 28 offers highlighted by Alabama, and Auburn is another big school in the mix as well. Let's see, Penn State, Florida State, Tennessee, Texas A&M, Old Miss. This is certainly a guy that is going to have every single offer in the book by the time his senior season comes around, but he is already a top corner nationally, and cornerback's a spot of need for sure for Oregon, right? You already have, believe it or not, Jalo Florence is entering his third year with the Ducks, uh, and who knows, maybe a, a strong second year in 2024 is enough for him to try his hand at the NFL. You never know. Uh, The Ducks also have Jabbar Muhammad and Cam Alexander who come in from the transfer portal. Jabbar Muhammad, of course, coming from Washington, and then Cam Alexander from UTSA. Those are one-year guys. So you have to make sure that you continue to bring in top cornerback talent, even though uh, it is a name, it is a room, I should say, that has a ton of guys already there. But Oregon is one of the latest offers for Samari Matthews, and I was able to, uh, talk with him in an interview to get his thoughts on that offer and kind of what's going on in his recruitment. That full story is available on DucksDigest.com, so make sure you guys check that out and are reading Ducks Digest for the latest recruiting updates. Uh, I'll usually get them over on the socials, at Sports, uh, whether that's Instagram or Twitter. That's the fastest way to see them, but I'll also write up a lot of stuff on uh, the site as well. So let's talk about Samari Matthews and what he had to say His reaction to the offer from Oregon, quote, my reaction was very surprised. It was very exciting, too. Growing up, Oregon was one of the schools I always dreamed of going to when they had Mariota and D'Anthony Thomas and all of them. So being able to have the offer is definitely exciting, and I definitely look forward to going up there and talking to Coach Wadud in person and seeing the whole staff. So these are guys that grew up watching Oregon play some really good football. And the two guys that he mentioned aren't even defensive guys, but." It's just an interesting point because a lot of the recruits that Oregon's coming across now, they grew up in what is the most recent prime or one of the biggest peaks of Oregon football. You know, when they were really kind of taking over the sport under Chip Kelly and then making their their debut in the college football playoff back in 2014, right? So, even though these guys are offensive guys, they're still helping Oregon stay competitive for a lot of these recruits, even on defense. So... It's it's That's another reason. It's kind of a smaller reason, but maybe another reason I think Oregon can really do well recruiting in 2025 and beyond because these guys grew up watching Oregon kind of in their heyday and really playing some elite, elite elite-level football. So so Samari Matthews, even though he's out of North Carolina, I think Oregon's going to be a team to watch there. Part of the reason, too, is just his overall impression of the Ducks, saying, quote, My impression of Oregon is they're definitely a powerhouse to me. They definitely dominated all the games I watched. It definitely showed me good on the defensive back wise, the back end. So I definitely like Oregon. So Oregon's in a great spot, even though he's going to be a tough pull all the way out there in North Carolina, speaking more about how the way the defensive backs are playing is, is, is really intriguing to him as well. Quote, definitely how physical the DBs play. When I watched a few games, the DBs definitely had some dog in them. They weren't afraid to press but they could also do multiple things within their coverage. So I'm definitely impressed by how the coaches play and how the players adapt to it. And now that we're in the recruiting dead period here, Matthews is looking to take a couple new trips. Those trips for Matthews include Clemson, North Carolina State, West Virginia, Tennessee, and Miami. He told me that there aren't any plans to get out to Eugene just yet. Uh, but he said, quote, I think down the line, me and my dad will probably settle on a date that would work for both of us to go down there and get to visit. So not a crazy big update, not a bunch of juice in that one. But anytime you have a five-star guy get an offer from Oregon and, and come at a premium position, you know, obviously DB is an incredibly difficult position to play. It's one that I've really been gaining a lot of respect for since I moved out to Southern California and got to see a lot more of these games in person, just the the caliber of skill talent that. Is in football, specifically at wide receiver. These guys got to keep up with all that, essentially playing backwards. So it's a really, really difficult position to play uh, and one that I really, really enjoy watching. So that is what we have on Samari Williams, sorry, Samari Matthews out of Cornelius, North Carolina. Uh, Keep an eye on his recruitment and maybe we'll see if he gets out to Eugene. Uh, in the somewhat near future, maybe in the spring and and summertime. Let's hop into a little bit of mailbag. This question comes from Zaheem Richards, uh, 4704. Uh, Zaheem's question, and then this one came from the comments, just to remind you guys again, if you want to ask a question, get in those comments on YouTube, uh, or you can DM me as well, at mtoursports on Twitter. Mailbag slash podcast question if you had to pick five players from the 2023 class who could make an impact this coming season, who would they be and what are their roles slash stats predictions? So let's go ahead and pull up Oregon's 2023 class just so you guys can see who it is that I am talking about. All right, there we go. The two four seven page for the 2023 guys. So I'm assuming we're talking about guys who maybe didn't make as big of an impact in 2020 2023. Um let me go ahead and double check that question. If you had to pick 5 players from the 2023 class who could make an impact this coming season, who would they be and what are their roles? So, yeah, let's just look at it that way. I'm assuming that was the way the question was being asked, but guys who maybe didn't play a whole lot in 2023 and could play a bigger role in 2024. I think right at the top of that list, you got to put Jerry on Dickey, the wide receiver um, who's going to be entering his second year at Oregon. He was the only five-star the Ducks signed in the 2023 class. He had a season-ending injury in his senior year of high school out there at Menlo Atherton, uh, the same high school that the Ducks found Troy Franklin at uh, in the Bay Area. So he had a season-ending injury, and and that was something that kind of hampered his first year at Oregon. And then that was also just a super crowded room. I think it's still a crowded room this year with guys like Gary Bryant coming back, uh, Tez Johnson, Treshawn Holden. But I think there's going to be more room maybe this year, and he's going to be a little bit more ready to make that impact, uh, as a guy that's certainly in, in the two deep. Um, maybe he's your number two wide receiver, uh, on the outside. I think he's got great speed and, and great ball skills. Uh, someone who can make something happen after the catch, I think a lot of duck fans were bummed that Jurion didn't see much playing time as a true freshman, but I think that true freshman season was going to be really important for him. And and we should be able to see him uh, quite a bit more moving forward. And okay. The number two guy that I want to go with here, let's talk about Amari Washington. Amari Washington was a defensive lineman that Oregon signed at a Chandler, Arizona Chandler high school. Definitely one of the better programs in the state kind of in the Phoenix area. Uh, six foot four, 295 pounds. He was someone that I've heard a lot of really good things about as far as just his athleticism and his upside at the college level. And I think that they kind of probably want him to play a little bit of that Brandon Dorless style of role. I think he has a similar build. I didn't want to say Dorless was like 6'3", 290, almost 300 pounds. So you want to keep getting those athletic defensive linemen in there that you can move uh, around a little bit. In the on the front and, and really make something happen, right? So I think that Amari Washington is one of those guys that has been kind of just biding his time a little bit his first year in Eugene and and learning from some of those young, um some of those experienced, excuse me, veteran defensive linemen last year, and then another guy just sticking on that D line because it was such a big group that the Ducks signed in 2023, um, Michael Gardner, another D lineman out of. Uh, Arizona, a little bit smaller than Amari. He's listed at 6'2", 275 uh, on the 247 sports website, just at, when he signed as a recruit. So you have to figure that he's probably closer to, I would think 285, 290 pounds now as he enters his second year within the program. But the, the D line is a group that I think is going to need some new guys to step up. You bring in Jamari Caldwell, the the Houston defensive line transfer from the portal. And I expect that he's going to be a plug and play guy, but even if Oregon doesn't add any more defensive linemen from the portal when it opens again in the spring, I think you have plenty of talent already on your roster ready to go. And I think right at the top of that list is probably, at least from the 23 class, I think Amari Washington and Michael Gardner are some of those guys that you have to look out for. And then how about Ben Roberts uh, from the 2022 class out of the state of Utah? I think he's a name that we need to keep an eye on as, uh, as spring football gets closer here um, starting next month. I want to say we don't have an official date, but, uh, it looks like they'll probably start in in March based on some of the conversations that I was able to have. Let's see. So that's three guys that didn't really play too much of a role, uh, this past year. Um, let's, I think, you know, let's talk about Roderick Pleasant a little bit. He had a, a pretty small role, um, but he did play, uh, you know, some snaps some decent snaps as a true freshman. I think he was even in the two deep, especially when Oregon was kind of banged up. Remember, uh, Jalilu Florence got hurt towards the end of the season. Um, Kyrie Jackson had a a little bit of, uh, bumps and bruises. So we saw, and then I think Dante Manning might've been a guy that, uh, just Oregon's rotation was pretty fluid when it came to the cornerback spot. And things got a little bit, I don't know if I'd say dire, but, they did get a little thin at times. So, Roderick Pleasant, I think, is someone who really benefited from that freshman year, seeing the field, just being able to adjust to the speed of the game. I don't think that's something that was necessarily as hard for him. I mean, when you're a world class sprinter, super quick and twitchy, I think you're a little bit more adapted for the speed of college football. So, uh, I think Roderick Pleasant is a guy who can make a, a role, make an impact, still in that too deep. Um, with a ton of veterans ahead of him at, at corner, but we could see some more from him this upcoming year. Um, let's see. How about how about Jerry Mixon? I'm going to talk about Jerry Mixon as a guy that I think, my fifth guy that I think could be in this two-day pier for the linebackers because you have Justin Jacobs and Jeff Bosa coming back as your you know entrenched starters. But then behind them, I think you have a little bit more wiggle room. You lose Jamal Hill. And I think we'll probably see a pretty good dose of Devin Jackson and and Connor Soeli, but Jerry Mixon is a guy who he's super athletic. I mean, he was playing true linebacker. He was coming off the edge. He was playing running back uh, for the Sacred Heart Cathedral Irish in his senior year uh, in high school. So he did a little bit of everything, but I think now that he's solely focused on linebacker and the staff is really excited about his athleticism and his upside in Eugene, I think he could be that fifth recruit that we see, Make an impact from the 2023 signing class at Oregon that maybe didn't have that big of an impact as a true freshman. One more mailbag question for today's episode. This one comes from Robin Bartram, 1054 on YouTube. Robin's question uh, I really like your show. And my question is uh, Do you think that the Ducks have a chance to stay in the top 10 in recruiting as long as Dan is the man? I believe that we will see them in the top five or right below seven uh, or seven every year with him in charge. Thanks. Go ducks. Yeah. Thanks for the question. I I think that Oregon does have a really good chance uh, to, you know, continue to be um, in the top 10 as this question asks in the recruiting rankings. And I'd say that top five is even kind of going to be the norm for Oregon just because they're so well-equipped uh, and to it, and so well adapted in today's college football recruiting, they're going to be one of the best teams in the Big Ten, if not the best team in the Big Ten. Ohio State's their main competition there. Uh, I think right now you'll still have Washington that you have to get over, right? They lose a lot, but uh, Oregon's lost the last three against Washington, and then you have a school like Penn State and Michigan also there. but. Oregon's going to be a great team on the field. Dan Lanning continues to make great hires whenever the, the void or the uh, necessity presents itself. And then they have one of the best recruiting staffs and Marshall Malco is, is doing pushing all the right buttons. It feels like as the chief of staff at Oregon. So this thing's operating like a well-oiled machine. And as long as Oregon keeps having success on the field and, The argument could be made even if they don't have a tremendous amount of success on the field. I think you are going to certainly see them in that top 10 every single year, but I think top five or at least closer to top five is going to be uh, the the new area, the new sweet spot for the Ducks. I think the top 10 is going to be the floor when it comes to Oregon recruiting moving forward. But I think that'll do it for today's episode of the Ducks Dish podcast. I really appreciate you guys taking some time out of your day to tune in Uh, a reminder to uh, follow me on the socials uh, at M sports on Twitter and Instagram, subscribe, hit that subscribe button here on YouTube and like the video it does me uh, a whole lot of good and it's tremendous help. Um, and then if, you, if you're watching this on YouTube, check out the podcast on Spotify, Apple podcasts. And if you're w- listening to this on Spotify or Apple podcasts, check me out on YouTube at Oregon football, Max Taurus and share the duck's podcast with your friends, with your family and with other duck fans. But, until next time, thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Ducks Dish Podcast.
2: It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply.